0: And You are listening to KPFA, 90, KPFA 94.1 FM in Berkeley, 89.3 KPFB in Berkeley, 88.1 KFC up in Fresno, and online at kpfa.org. It's 3 p.m. Stay tuned next for Cover to Cover with Jennifer Stone. Happy ending, nice and tidy. It's a rule I learned in school. Get your money Every Friday Happy endings Are the rule. So divide up Those in darkness From the ones who Walk in light Light them up for Picture drop the shadow out of. Time. This is Jennifer Stone with Stone's Throw. Today is Tuesday, nineteenth. October 2010 that was uh, Frank Sterling you just heard he's my engineer he's been my engineer for several weeks now and I keep forgetting to thank him because well not just because I have bad manners but because I always wait till the end of the show and then I try to go out uh you know I try to, to to do what I call tie all the threads together and uh uh I look up and my difficulty is that I'm extremely nearsighted. Yes, I was raised to be very nearsighted by my mother. <laughs> I can never see through the window. So I'm always afraid that I will make a mistake and use the wrong name. Anyway, I thank Frank. What I wanted to do today... uh I wanted to be funny today, and I realized that I can't do that anymore. I don't know why I can't be funny anymore. Uh, Something to do either with my age or the age we're living in, folks. I just can't do it. I've reached that um, uh, elderly stage where wringing of the hands takes all my time and energy. You know, uh, banging my head on the wall and carrying on. Madness, madness, madness! You know, the human race, I suppose, is doing the best it can. But thats what is it? That might be the reason, but it's certainly no excuse. Uh, my phone keeps ringing this week, and I get calls from the uh, folks at Democratic headquarters, and I just pick up the phone and say, "Look." Um, I don't need help understanding the ballot. Don't waste your time on me. Just uh, if you're a Democrat, call the next voter on your list. And if you're a Republican, get help. <laughs> anyway, I think, I think I'm think i not allowed to do that. I read somewhere that we're not allowed to be partisan here. I think that's pretty funny when you think about it. Uh, this is KPFA. Uh, most of us have to apologize for being Democrats. Uh the whole thing gives me a headache, a backache. Uh, there is quite a bit at stake. Um, I don't know. I was reading Edna St. Vincent Millay last night, one of her letters. She's writing to an old lover, and she says, she writes to him, and she says, I will love you always, no matter what party is in power. <laughs> I thought, yes, there. There are some things that go on forever, but elections, well, things go up and then come down. Uh, It takes less than an hour, folks, to check out your ballot and um, just uh, put it in the mail. That's what I do these days, put it in the mail. You can check the newspapers if you don't know Uh, the choices to make. uh, Bay Guardian has a decent list. There's always some respectable newspaper, uh, for me, of course, it's a left-wing paper, uh, and uh, if I'm really stuck, I just call up my friends. Uh, I get, what is it, uh, severe irritation from the ugly political ads. Uh, I really don't don't like to look at that stuff. It seems to me that we pay a great price for democracy, uh, our so-called democratic process. <laughs> yes. uh, does the means justify the end? Some of that stuff is so harsh, so ugly, the style becomes the substance, if you know what I mean. Uh, but is that... Um, Killing your enemy is not freedom. I keep writing them a note to that effect. Uh, Someone once said that uh, if you want to know what's wrong with democracy, just try a five-minute conversation with the average voter. One of my favorite TV shows was uh, dealing with... um, the women getting the vote back in 1920. I got a kick out of it. It's a show called Boardwalk Empire on HBO. It's all about uh, the old, um, what is it, corrupt crooks, prohibition, you know, uh, the bootleggers. And one of the uh, elderly, more obnoxious white um what will they call them, ruling class thugs, yes, he has a black servant and he calls her in and uses her as an example. He asks her what she thinks of the League of Nations and uh, she's very gracious and uh, actually quite elegant and uh, finally um, she says, "Oh, Commodore, I, I am not versed in these matters. Now, we know that the southern servants... Uh, what is it, the so-called house workers, you know. Uh, if you've been to Washington, D.C., you know how uh, still they have this um, style, this great elegance, and uh, I'm not quite sure whether that's accurate. I am not versed in these matters. It does seem just a little bit grand. I don't know. Uh, anyway, I thought of the black... Uh, so-called house servants in movies like gone with the wind and i must say (laughs) things have changed i i don't know maybe we're maybe we're rewriting history maybe we're not uh i got to thinking about it and uh i got a request the other day for a piece that i quoted from the new yorker and uh it's about this business of uh partisanship uh Yes, the woman's vote, the woman's vote, yes. Uh I wish I could count on women being progressives, but of course that day is done. Uh The quote was something from old George Washington. He warned us about this despotic behavior. It was Tom Jefferson, Thomas Jefferson, he warned us about the dangers of... Too powerful executive, the executive branch taking over, you know, the king thing, how that would cause us trouble. Some people say that was Franklin Delano Roosevelt, who knows. Uh, I kind of liked Roosevelt, but that was just because I was a kid then, and what did I know? But uh, the problem of dissension in the Congress, I don't know how bad it is. It looks pretty bad to me maybe um hmm. anyway back in 1796 that's 21415 years ago more than 2 centuries ago george washington is the one who warned us about this uh, frightful despotism he talks about it and he he cautioned the american people about party rancor that was in his eloquent farewell address he didn't write it um James Madison and uh, Hamilton, those two guys wrote it, anyway, so this may be their opinion more than George Washington's, anyway, in his speech he says, the alternate domination of first one faction over another, sharpened by the spirit of revenge, natural to party dissension, which in different ages and countries has perpetrated the most Horrid enormities is itself a frightful despotism. Okay, he was worried about being a despot, and of course, then he went back to Martha at Mount Vernon and freed his slaves in his will. But uh, <laughs> after he was dead, no, whatever's me. Anyway, he was hoping to set a precedent, but uh, he did not set a precedent uh, about slaves here. Uh, I think. Hmm. I think we must take all these things with a grain of salt, but uh, it is true that when, when these factions don't have an outside enemy, you know, they turn on each other. I think it was, I was listening the other night, I think it was McNamara, right, yes, one of those films about his life saying that when he was very young he could not conceive of life or uh, what a career in politics without an enemy. If there is no enemy, you know, what are we doing here? It's like the Marines. Just, just, just show us which way to go. Show us who to attack. Uh, I don't know. Um, power corrupts, folks. Um, I don't know what's going to come of this current election. Let us hope that things go along. Um, uh, things, what is it? Obviously, the Democrats are going to take a hit. Let's just hope that it's not fatal. Uh, the style, the style of this election depresses me, but it's at least it got the president going. He's out there doing his thing, stamping his feet. No more Mr. Knight nice guy, you know, uh, it makes me miss monarchy. I always thought that monarchy... Was a nice idea as kind of a cover, kind of a beard, you know, the way the British do. The real politics goes on in Parliament, but they have a, a monarchy to stand there and be the, um, the figureheads, you know, uh, gives you tradition and the bloody Queen of England, uh, I don't know, uh, in the past, of course, monarchs were dictators, no question about it. Some were benign dictators. Any hierarchy is is a danger. you know sometimes there were loving monarchs, and sometimes there were there were even reasonable slave masters, you know the kind who didn't use the whip uh like thomas Jefferson, of course thomas Jefferson he had twelve hour days there in his uh shop. The little boys made nails for twelve hours a day, uh-huh. He um, ran a tight ship, uh, or you can have even husbands, yes, they can be kind and loving, but the arrangement is still unjust, as Harriet Beecher Stowe used to point out. Uh, no matter how nice people are, it is better to have some laws to back things up, because sooner or later, man will exploit man. Ah, uh, yes. And, yes, power corrupts. Sooner or later, it isn't just that man exploits man. It's that (laughs) he does it a lot sooner with woman, which has always been my problem. The thorn in my flesh has been that women are the first ones to take the hit. Um, Democracy is always an ideal, and it's worth fighting for, uh... The day will come, not in my lifetime, when women are human beings, uh, when they have the same, the same, what is that, uh, intrinsic value that uh, males have. But that is uh, not going to come in my time. The trouble with democracy is that it takes all your weeknights, and I'm bone lazy. I'm like most of middle America. I don't have all that time, you know, Uh <laughs> I was listening to a talk show last night, I heard a citizen chatting, they were asking people why they voted or didn't vote, and this guy said that he didn't vote because, well, he wanted to maintain his neutrality in politics, now, the Greeks called these people idiots, that was their word for a private person an idiot someone with no public spirit no sense of community you know <laughs> somebody said you can't be neutral on a moving train if you don't vote you simply are invisible you just uh, you're nullified it's uh, i don't know what to say to people uh it may be that until we change the uh the voting plan, I don't know, I I get so tired of listening, people, most people don't seem to even know what could be done to fix it, we know it can be fixed, and pretty soon it will be, but it seems to be going to start on the local level, that's what's going to happen, we're going to have, you know, votes where it's one man, one vote, it will happen, because, uh there is what is there is a wake up call. It's not gonna it's not gonna reach everybody, but it will reach enough people. We know that the ship of state is never static. Things are never, never. Um, what do you call that? Uh, things don't go along. Uh, there's always uh, what is it? A storm in the offing, where a storm tossed or the ship is sinking. Whatever, it's irresponsible not to watch the political scene and do what is doable that's what politics is the art of the possible I like uh, the Australians they find citizens if the citizens don't vote, now maybe that would get to Americans, (laughs) yes, you lose money if you don't vote maybe that would wake us up Uh, I think of the left wing folks I know, dilettantes and artists Uh, Ah, they're the most likely to neglect their civic duty. They just, they just want to get a liberal into the White House and then, uh, go on with their lives as artists. Uh, they want some good, um, governance and then they can go and make music or write poetry or live exciting lives uh the republicans on the other hand are uh patient people they're less romantic and they can handle the boredom they can make phone calls all year round you know years ago i remember an old hollywood actress uh louise brooks yes from the silent era she said that uh hollywood the pictures, she said, was delightful. It was great fun there. Before the Republicans came, she said there were party people, gypsies, and everything was just wonderful until the uh, talkies came in. She said, with talkies, the actors had to go home at night and learn their lines. Thus, <laughs> thus the Republicans arrived and the uh, boring people joined the Hollywood set, and she said, it's never been the same since. Hillary Clinton once worked on uh, a Republican campaign. Uh, Barry Goldwater writes, she confesses that when she was just a little lass, it was her last Republican effort back in the day, back in, well, B.C., before Clinton, before Bill, she just wanted to serve her country, Hillary, you know, is a true patriot. After Bill, of course, she wanted the whole package, a personal life as well as a political career. (laughs) She got more than she bargained for, anyway. Hillary Clinton says she idolized Eleanor Roosevelt. My mother's generation idolized Eleanor Roosevelt. Ah, yes. Eleanor got the kind of Uh, affection that is usually given to our monarchs, the old queens and kings, you know, maybe Elizabeth I. Um, uh, She was loved and hated more than any first lady in our history. They did make fun of her, something god-awful. That was the times. Today, it's very hard to imagine a president who could be elected Four times in a row, Bill Clinton managed two terms in the White House. And it's important to remember that um, Bill Clinton is the only Democrat since Franklin Delano Roosevelt to have even two terms. You remember Jimmy Carter was crushed by the Reagan reactionaries. FDR served three terms... He was elected to a fourth term and died, oh, I think about a year and something into his fourth term. The World War II was still continuing. I think people did not want to, as they say, change horses in midstream. Um, it was perhaps something of an imperial presidency, but it seemed right at the time after FDR's death, uh, President Truman chose to drop that bomb, well, two bombs, drop that bomb on Japan. That was the end of our innocence once and for all time and forever. Most of the people I know would say that uh, the European conquest of this continent destroyed our innocence. Uh, certainly that is true, uh it's hard to it's hard to pinpoint the moment <laughs> when we fall from grace anyway after roosevelt was gone they passed an amendment very quickly to make sure that nobody ever did that again no more third or fourth term uh, <laughs> i don't know um i guess the, what is it, the battle against the left wing, what I call the fight against, now it's the fight against the 1960s. Uh This this is taking us someplace that I don't want to think about. It's paranoid behavior. These Tea Party types. A uh, friend of mine thinks that they're going to usher in a neo-fascist government, something like... Berlin, you know, between the two world wars, she says it reminds her of the time when the Weimar Republic tried to be so progressive, you know, especially the women. I remember in Berlin, um, the Weimar Republic included the women in government uh, way more than the United States or England or Europe. Uh it was real hippie stuff going on there in Germany, Germany. Uh, So, the reaction to all that egalitarian stuff was National Socialism. I love these words, this hilarious uh, linguistic soup. Hitler's cult was called National Socialism, and today's left wing is now accused of being socialists. Ha, 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 George Bernard Shaw liked to say, that we should have had socialism long ago, he said, but for the socialists. It's a funny thing. Uh, when I was a child, the elders I knew used to compare Christianity and communism. They seemed to think there was a connection. <laughs> That's another one. Yes, it's just, what is it, uh, semantically or linguistically, it busts the mind uh communal life or that is uh sharing and helping and being human uh does seem to be slipping out of favor most of the people i know seem to think this is due to overpopulation god knows uh name your poison folks name your poison it's time for my end of term review this week and i i went through everything i had and i thought i'd have a bonfire and then i realized that I hadn't even scratched the surface. I want you to review all of your your New Yorkers and (laughs) check them out. Uh, There's a million things. Uh, I wanted to talk about dear Christopher Hitchens, who seems to have uh, what he believes to be a terminal illness. He wasn't able to get to Berkeley. Uh, Then I wanted to talk about, uh, oh shoot, the woman who wrote the... uh, a uh, book about the great migration, about uh, the fact that most of black America moved up north in the space of, oh, twenty 20 or 30 years. Then I wanted to talk about the new age, what are we calling them? We're not calling them yuppies anymore. The techies. Uh. Oh, they are depressing. Zuckerberg. Uh-huh. The movie is called the social yeah the social network the the uh movie all about the what i would call it the the new robots you know uh i guess i guess they come along every about every other generation uh the soulless ones the uh hollow men t s eliot called them the guys who uh well, nowadays, they're millionaires and billionaires because they figured out some way <laughs> to some way to tap tap the human psychology uh, hmm. Zuckerberg is the guy who created Facebook, and he's described by the pundits as a binary personality. That's one of those people, you know, you're either for him or against him. uh. These are not thinkers, these are doers. Anyway, influencing people, David Fincher and the social network, ah, uh, Aaron Sorkin is the writer on that movie, now he wrote terrific stuff for the West Wing, but oh dear, dear. Okay, Uh I don't know, these people scare me when I hear them on the, uh Bill Maher show, you know, they they finish one another's sentences, and uh, they're too clever by half. Um, there was a book that was the basis for this movie, The Social Network. Uh, the book was called The Accidental Billionaires by Ben Mesrich, M-E-Z-R-I-C-H. It's another guy who went to Harvard. Yes, you can always tell a Harvard man, but you can't tell him much. I like the material that shows us uh, the psychology of these all-male final clubs, these uh, campus social sites for the chosen elite, you know. I don't know. You can't really satirize Harvard. What's that? Oscar Wilde says, never make fun of the upper classes, only people who can't get into them do that. (laughs) Anyway, check check out your New Yorkers, and I think maybe I'm going to give up this fall and try to just go back to reading 19th century Victorian novels. I need one of those huge books, you know, that you read and read for days and days, and it goes along, it's like a long vine, and then there's finally a grape. You get a little insight, or just a little, uh, what you call that, uh, human, a little epiphany, a sort of second thought. And then you read again, and it goes on and on, and there's a long vine, and then finally a grape. Actually, the television uh, writers have learned from the Victorian novels... For the future, I see more and more of these wonderful series like the ones on HBO. Um, Pillars of the Earth, we had this summer. That was an eight-hour film. Now we have Boardwalk Empire. It just goes on and on and on, and the characters develop very slowly. You need great patience to follow these stories. I'm wondering um, how it is that these people who uh, they they don't have they don't have more than uh, a moment's attention on the net, and yet somebody somewhere is watching these long drawn out narratives that I'm finding on HBO. Now, what is that all about? Maybe people do need to follow the thread. They need to follow the thought all the way to the end. I want to read um this book that the social network is based on and try to talk about the new billionaires but uh I'll have to save that for next time this has been Jennifer Stone uh thank Frank Sterling for engineering this show I'll be back on the air again Thursday morning at 8:20 and the same time next Tuesday at Three till then, go easy. And if you can't go easy, go as easy as you can. Drop the shadow. About the brightest and the rightest, poet Nikki Giovanni and storyteller Jay California Cooper, beautiful high energy sisters, will be in Berkeley celebrating Marcus Books 50th anniversary on Saturday, October 23rd at the Black Repertory Theater. Nikki Giovanni will read from her sparkling new book, Bicycles: Love Poems, and Jay California Cooper will read from her novel, Life is Short but Wide. That's Saturday, October 23rd, reception at 5 p.m., reading at 6 p.m., Black Rep Theater, wheelchair accessible, 3201 Adeline in Berkeley. For tickets and info, go online to MarcusBooksevents.com or call 510-652-2344. That's 510-652-2344. Yes, indeed.